the greatest gift to give today on Get the Hell Out of Your Life. It's time now to get the hell out of your life. A weekly broadcast with real people, sharing real struggles, and offering real hope. Today's show will encourage, inspire, and empower you to face life's challenges with a bold confidence and renewed hope. Now, let's join our host, Ron Myers, the promoter. Hello, my friends. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. I want to share an interview I had recently with a friend of mine in Jackson, Mississippi. He interviewed me instead of me interviewing someone, and I think you'll enjoy it. He asked me a lot of questions about my book, The Promoter. Here it is. Good morning. I'm Jim Thorne. You're listening to That's What's Happening here on 103.9 WYAB. Recently, I read a book that uh, I really want to recommend to you, our listeners. It's called The Promoter and uh, written by a former colleague of mine, Ron Myers. Ron and I were radio station managers for Christian Radio Network a few years ago. And uh, Ron's station was down on the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. And the station I managed was here in central Mississippi. Well, The Promoter is an autobiography. By Ron, it tells of a life's journey that took him through some very difficult times, some successful times, and some times of heartache and sadness. Yet in the end, Ron uh, came out on top as uh, and has touched literally thousands of lives, making a positive and everlasting impact. And right now, it's a pleasure to welcome to that's what's happening, my friend Ron Myers. Good morning, Ron. Good morning, Jim, and it's a pleasure to visit with you. Thank you so much for the invitation to uh, talk with you. Well, I've really enjoyed your book. Uh, we got together a couple of weeks ago. You gave me one of your first copies. And I guess, uh, uh, you know, there's so many things I'd like to go in with uh, for this. But first of all, I want to ask, why did you write the book? And, and I mean, you're so transparent in these things that you encountered in life. Why would you write it, Ron? Jim, when you get older and you look over your life, even when I didn't know God in the early stages of my life, as I get older and I look back, I can see how God's hand was there, and I never really saw that, but He was guiding me. I wanted to have a story, my story, so that anybody that's listening or anybody that reads it realizes that God loves each of us so much that even when we're away from him, even when we are struggling, that his hand is always reaching out to us to take us and pull us along the path. And I've had such an amazing story that it was it would be absolutely impossible some of the things that I have been able to do without God. You know, I tell people the first half of my life was all about me but the second part of my life was all about him and giving back to the community. And now, when I began to search for my destiny, my divine destiny from God, it's amazing all the things that I never knew I could do, I am doing, and all the things that I thought I would do, I'm not doing. Mm -hmm. And that's what's so awesome about God for each of us. He has a beautiful plan for each of us, but it doesn't just happen. We have to seek him, follow him, and let him guide us to our divine destiny. Ron, uh, I want, uh, tell our listeners how we can pick up a, a copy of the book, and, and we'll give that, uh, that information again at the end of our interview. It is on Amazon, 
Barnes & Noble, and it uh, is being placed right now on my website at thepromoter.org. And if they order through the website, I will sign a copy to the individual that orders it. That is thepromoter.org. All right. Yeah, you know, so many uh, things that you experienced, I think a lot of our listeners or whoever reads your book can uh, relate uh, to some really difficult times. I'm talking about broken dreams, broken homes, tough childhood. And uh, yet, uh, like you said earlier, you turned a lot of those negatives into life lessons that you learned from and uh, made those into positives. Is that correct? That is correct, Jim, because I always... No matter what troubles I had as a child or even as a teenager, I just always saw a glass half full and not empty. I had an encounter of God at 11 when I really wanted to end my life, and that really was just that still, quiet voice that said inside my spirit, don't hurt yourself, I have a plan for you. So I knew at 11 years old that there was something out there. There's something bigger for all of us. So that was the motivation that even as I got pushed down in life and told that I would never amount to anything and that I was nothing but trouble, I knew the voice inside of me said, no, you have a hope. I have a hope for you. I have a plan. I have a future. So I began to look at the world at a very young age through possibilities instead of the impossibilities. And I think that attitude, that positive attitude that I had is the very thing that got me through the trials. And um, I remember when I was in the Air Force, I worked at the medical center at Keesler. And I had something happen to me about, I was 19 years old, and I worked in on the cancer ward. And I found something out, Jim, that a lot of the patients that were diagnosed with cancer, uh, they should have lived three, four, five years. They weren't that bad. But they died within maybe a few months. Mm. And then a lot of the cancer patients that only had a few months to live, lived three or four years. Mm. What was the difference between these? These were the difference was their faith and their attitude. One of them believed that they were going to tackle this and they would go on and they would get some more time out of life. And other ones just realized that, well, that's it. Ends is here. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die. So I learned at a young age, just that little seed planted that we have to believe the impossible. And with God, we know that all things are possible with God. We're speaking with Ron Myers, and the book is called The Promoter. And uh, Ron, of course, the title lends itself to uh, let our listeners, our readers know, the readers know that you did a lot of promotions down on the Gulf Coast. Maybe talk about uh, some of the things that you were involved in prior to you becoming a Christian and then some of those after that. Jim, I was coming up at the end of my four years in the Air Force, so I started to think about what I wanted to do, and something told me to get out and pursue a dream. But then on the other end, I was a single parent. I had two children. My wife had run off with the next-door neighbor, but I just knew I had to get out, and I did get out of the Air Force, and I became a uh, health club manager. And one day at the gym, a member said, 
Ron, you need to do a bodybuilding show. So I went to the owner. The owner said, no, I don't want to put that kind of money out. And I said, I'll do it. And he looked at me and said, you, you, you don't know how to do that. I said, well, it can't be that hard. I've got a vision. I've got a dream. So I brought bodybuilding to the Mississippi Gulf Coast, the Mr. Miss Gulf Coast Bodybuilding Championships. And that night I was the MC. And I'll never forget looking over that audience. It was pretty full, the Sanger Theater in Biloxi. And I said to myself, this is what I want to do for my life. So that's when Ron Myers Productions was born. And then um, I wanted to do some festivals. So the first one I wanted to do in Biloxi was with Ladies Mud Wrestling. And uh, wow, that was a crazy story. It's too long to go into, but it's in the book. The other thing I wanted to do was a crawfish festival in Biloxi. But what I, I did a really dumb thing, Jim. I scheduled a crawfish festival two weeks before the annual Elks Lodge Crawfish Festival. Well, World War II broke out. I was chased out of Biloxi, ended up in Gulfport, where for 17 years I probably did over 200 events. I had flea markets, I had shrimp festivals, I had concerts. The most notable thing in Gulfport was the Gulfport Crawfish Festival. Even one year I got a letter from President Ronald Reagan for an I Love America pep rally. I had the Gulf Coast swimsuit calendar. We had started the Christmas City show in the Coliseum in Biloxi, and that eventually went into the Superdome for three years over into Mobile, Alabama, Pensacola, Florida, Hattiesburg, Mississippi. But all this stuff is happening, Jim, and about 17 years into it, I was totally empty, and one morning in Atlanta, Georgia, I kind of -of matter-of-factly yelled, well, not yelled, but called out to God and said, I'm miserable, and... That little voice I heard at 11 said, now that I have your attention, if you'll listen to me, I'll show you your destiny. And that was over 20 years ago, and I've never looked back. And then I started doing productions. One of the most popular one was the Spirit Fest, which was a carbon copy of the Crawfish Festival I had done in the past, but Christian music and no beer. And talk about having a lot of people upset coming to the festival and couldn't buy beer. But we told them the only spirits we had there were the spirits of love, peace, and joy. And uh, I also started a warehouse church down in the probably the one of the roughest parts of Gulfport. But that really just grew into an incredible church. And then eventually I got into Christian radio and that lasted 10 years. And there's so many other stories. All these I've just told are in the book, plus a lot of other things. They'll find out I wasn't really a good guy. Before Jesus, my picture on my desk, it was of J.R. Ewing of uh, the TV show. Dallas, so kind of give you an idea the kind of character I was. But you know, with God, God can change our heart, He can change our mind, He can change our vocabulary, and He can change our destiny. Uh, Ron Myers, uh, you know, like I mentioned, you know, we were kind of colleagues. You were managing the station down there on the coast. I was up here, and you know, we only have a couple minutes left, but uh, you. You go through uh, some difficult times uh, towards those last uh, couple years uh, or a few years as a station manager. And with Hurricane Katrina, your house was devastated. You lost your house. But, yeah, you were on the air giving information out to the folks down there and really connecting. And uh, a lot of folks down there really owe a lot to the work of Ron Myers, even though Ron and his family had suffered greatly during those times. 
You're right, Jim. Katrina was one of the most devastating times in my life, personally and professionally. But at the same time, if God put me at that radio station for nothing but Katrina, it was worth it because we organized flights uh, from all over the United States to come here to the Gulf Coast and dispense uh, items and help. It, it was just a blessing. I remember interviewing people, Jim, that were here, and they said, if we came down here to help, but you people are blessing us because we we never knew it would feel so good to begin giving of ourselves. And a lot of people came back every six months. Mm-hmm. And then the most devastating part was when the radio station did close. And then my father was down here, and I had to take care of him. He had a fall. So he was put in a nursing home and then took care of my father for eight years after the radio station closed before he passed. So it was some tough times, but God was faithful through all of it. And when I came home from my dad's funeral, took him back up to Iowa, I felt God say, now you need to finish the book. And as you said earlier, Jim, he said, now when you write this, I really felt the voice say, be transparent bear your soul. Don't act like some big shot or some promoter. Just share with people what I did in your life so I can help other people in their life. Uh, it's inspiring. I recommend it to our listeners. I've read it. I enjoyed it. I got a little lump in my throat a few times. It's called The Promoter, Ron Myers. Again, Ron, how can people get a copy? It will be on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Also at the website, thepromoter.org. Then they can get a, a little lower price than the online stores. And I would love to put a personal note in it to anybody that wants one. All right. Very good. And uh, you've got events coming up. Uh, you're still promoting. You're still at it and uh, going in the positive direction. It's very inspiring. Again, it's The Promoter, Ron Myers. And uh, again, your website, Ron. The Promoter dot org promoter dot org and jim thank you for uh letting me visit with you today it's always a pleasure you and i did a great job together uh with uh, christian radio and you're still doing it in jackson and i'm doing it here on the gulf coast we're just doing it a little bit different but it still has the end result of telling people good news that Jesus is alive and well and wants a relationship with everyone. All right. Ryan, it's always good to visit with you. Thank you so much and hope to see you soon. All right. Okay, brother. God bless. God bless. Bye. That was Jim Thorne interviewing me from Jackson, Mississippi on WYAB Radio. After the break, my monologue, the greatest Christmas gift you can give this year. Some of us are building highways, not with our hands, but with our hearts. We're on a journey that doesn't have an end. It's a rough road, but we know that someday it will be worth every rugged mile. Why don't you join us? We're the Christians. Now I know you've heard a lot of weird things about us, most of it not true. We don't really care. We just know that we're going to live forever and we can have an abundant life along the way. Jesus is our guide on this journey called life, and he said that he came to give us life that goes on forever and an abundant life. Hey, it's a toll-free highway. Jesus already paved the way. All we have to do is come on board. You don't have to be religious. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to accept the fact that Jesus already bridged the way to heaven. Then you have to put him behind the wheel. But when you finally let go and let Jesus take over, it's amazing how you find the journey a lot more peaceful. Because life without Jesus is kind of like going four-wheeling on a skateboard. Take some time to learn about Jesus. You'll find out how he can build an eternal highway in your heart. Holidays are some of the worst times for many people. It brings back memories of 
good times in their life, but now a lot of their family isn't around anymore and they just don't like going through this time of year by themselves. I understand. I miss my mom, my dad, my grandparents, aunts and uncles. We would get together at Christmas as a child at my grandmother's house and everybody brought a dish. And the kids, well, we all had our little games and fun and played outside even if it was snowing and made forts and go in and it would be the first one that could hang around the oil burning stove because we were so cold from the outside that we needed to thaw out inside. And then the laughter of the relatives as they told stories and Everybody was having fun and everybody was excited. It would get late at night at 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. We'd fall asleep in what they called the parlor. That's right, the parlor at my grandparents' house. They would wake us up about midnight and say, hey, it's time to go home. But on the way home, we stopped at this one place. It was Rogers Farms. And it was a drive through Christmas Spectacular Light Show. And it just put us in the proper mind to know Santa was coming. After our little adventure of going through Roger's Farm, we would take the 10-minute drive to our house and we couldn't wait to get to sleep. We knew that Santa doesn't come when we're awake, so we had to fall asleep. But it's hard when I'm in a room with three other brothers where we have two bunk beds. I had the top bunk bed and it was facing the window. The other thing that we believed is that Santa would never come if it didn't snow. And it really was amazing as a child that we would wake up in the morning. The first thing we did is throw open the curtains to see if it snowed. And nine out of ten times... There was snow on the ground. We knew mom and dad were still asleep, but we would tiptoe out in the hallway, small, tiny little house, and we would see under the tree presents. It was exciting, and it wasn't a time when all of us had lots of presents, seven brothers and sisters. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of money in our family, but we didn't want all kinds of things. I know one year my favorite thing was a G.I. Joe. (laughs) I love my G.I. Joe. And then I got a bicycle. And that was it. There was nothing to be disappointed about. And we played and played outside on our bicycles. I played with my G.I. Joe for weeks and never got bored with it. And I think about those days now and... Sometimes I even get a little emotional because I miss them so much. But I also hang on to my faith. My faith tells me that one day I'll be back with my mom and dad, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, brothers and sisters. And I believe that. You know, many times over the past 25, 30 years, I've interviewed people that have had near-death experiences. 
They died. They went to heaven. And these people did not know each other at all. Different parts of the world. But they always told the same story. That they went into this beautiful place of light and color. And they saw their families. But it wasn't their time, so God sent them back to relay their story. Isn't that awesome? Now, there are some religions that will say, well, they were just hallucinating. That doesn't happen. Now, how do they know that? My personal belief is God loves you and I so much that he'll do whatever it takes to send us signals, to send us signs that there is a life after death. So that is one of the reasons I am passionate about pursuing God. I am passionate about sharing God. So one day, you and I and our family and friends are all together in that beautiful place called heaven. In the meantime, we're going to go through some struggles, some pain, some tears, and also some successes, some joys, some incredible breakthroughs. It's called life. And life sometimes, as you know, it isn't fair. Good things happen to bad people, and bad things happen to good people. But it's our attitude. Will we pick ourselves up from a setback? Will we pick ourselves up and look up to the sky and say, Lord, help me? Will we humble ourselves at the feet of Jesus and just tell him, today's a bad day? I can't take much more, God. I could really use a friend. Sometimes we make God so complicated. We think we have to run to the nearest church. We have to go to confession. We have to speak to a priest or to a pastor. But God is where we are. God is right where you are right now. And a conversation with him can begin the second you make a choice to talk to him. So what is the one thing in your life right now that you are struggling with? God knows already. He knows everything about you. He knows the end from the beginning. But sometimes we're embarrassed. We have pride. We do not want to tell God our shortcomings. It's called pride. But God is telling you right now, through me, that he loves you. He has a plan for you. And he will never give up on you. And the war that takes place in your soul sometimes, it is not with him. It is with yourself. And God is never at war with you. He's never at battle with you. 
He is fighting for you. He is fighting for your freedom, for your independence, for your joy. There is nothing more in life that pleases God to see joy in your heart, to see laughter in your heart. Because when you walk in the joy, in the laughter, in the strength of God, you become a witness to the character and nature of God. You show people hope. You show people opportunity. You show people God that desperately need God. And by you becoming you, you show the world that you have something they can have absolutely free. And that is a relationship with Jesus, a relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. So this Christmas, this Christmas, let's all make a stronger, honest, earnest effort to put God first in everything we do. And if we do that, our family, our friends, our business, our community will always benefit. If enough people put God first, we can begin changing this world with love, with mercy, and grace. And when we do that, that is the greatest gift that you and I can give to a hurting world. Ron will be back in a moment to wrap up today's conversation. We want to encourage you today with God's promise to you. It comes from the book of Jeremiah, chapter 29, verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's God's promise to you when you choose to commit your plans and future to Him. Now, back to Ron. Well, friend, remember this. God loves you. God has a plan for you. And you have to be determined to get the hell out of your life and not settle for second best anymore. The greatest gift you can give yourself this Christmas is God. Today's show was produced by Ron Myers Ministries, a listener-supported ministry. For a copy of today's broadcast, please visit our website, thepromoter.org. And would you prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation so that we may continue to share stories of God's amazing grace with the world? And join us next week for another broadcast of Get the Hell Out of Your Life. Real people sharing real struggles and offering real hope. It is finished. 
my book, The Promoter. It took me three years and, well, my story, it is a wild story. I will share things that I have never shared with anyone from my childhood to my days as a promoter. I did anything to make a buck. I was hungry for attention and publicity. I really wasn't a good person. Sex, drugs, and money was driving me. But something happened on the road to become a millionaire. I ran into God. My story is written for you. As you read the book, God will speak to you through the pages. And your dreams will come alive and hope will be restored. Check out my book, The Promoter. It's available on my website, thepromoter.org, or online at Barnes & Noble, Amazon, and iTunes.